This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. Distinction or extinction. 
Excellence is distinction. Mediocrity is extinction. Mediocrity is content with its condition and accomplishments. It settles for good when better is available. But excellence betters its best. It rises higher than the highest. Excellence is a journey, never a destination. This journey begins when we count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is found in the Bible in the book of Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. Jesus is the model of excellence. Pleasing him is to pursue excellence in all our works, personal lives and relationships, and in our exercise of power. This is distinction. Anything less is a denial of faith, hence extinction. Dear friend, choose to be distinct, not extinct. Written by Samuel Cranting Pippin, I am Belle Dolabio. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. Note down this quotation and read afterwards. That is Psalm 139. Read from chapter 1 to the last verse. The verse 1 to 24. Examine yourself. Sometimes our sins can block answers to prayer. Let the prayer of the psalmist be one of yours. Search me, O God, and know my thoughts. See if there be some wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Remember, God is all-seeing, all-knowing, all-powerful, and everywhere present. God knows us. God is with us. And His greatest gift is to allow us to know Him. He is ready to search you. Examine yourself. And if you cannot find anything, ask God to search yourself. And then... Ask him for forgiveness so that your prayers will be answered. God bless you. I am Belle Dollarville. I am 
Sandra Ahia. And with me here is our own Pastor Ebenezer Ankuma. Please, you're welcome. Thank you. Today, our lesson is captioned, The Potter's Clay. And our memory verse is from Romans chapter 9, verse 21. Had not the potter power over the clay of the same lamp to make one vessel unto Anna, and another unto this Anna. Amen. Amen. The potter's clay. Talking of the potter's clay, can you please give us a brief overview of this? We are considering symbolic acts. Talking of the potter's clay, it draws our attention back to Genesis chapter 2, where the Lord gives an account of how man was created. And I want to read to your hearing from Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And so right here, we get to know a porter forming man out of the dust of the ground. Let's say that using clay to create human beings. So right from the start, we get to know that humans are made from the dust of the ground. Just as we see the potters using the clay to mold and to design pots and other stuffs. But this study, as we find in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 to 10, then we will also take something from the book of Isaiah chapter 29, verse 15 and 16. Then we'll continue from Isaiah chapter 45, verse 9. Then I will quickly turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 9, verse 18 to 21. So from all these verses, you see that the Bible is using the clay and the potter to teach us a spiritual lesson. First of all, he's pointing out that the potter has power over the clay and he can mold it into whatever form he wants it. And the Lord, in talking to the children of Israel through Jeremiah, describes the children of Israel as the clay. So he took Jeremiah to the potter's house just to make him understand how the Lord can deal with the children of Israel. And so in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 6, the Lord spoke unto Jeremiah, and he says, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this porter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the porter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. And so as people who have had experience with the porters, they take the clay formless, without shape, just as it is. And they mold it, they use it to design things that are so beautiful, that serve useful purposes. The Bible is saying that the Israelites are as potter in the hands of the Lord. And the Lord has power to mold them and to make them what He, the Lord, wants them to be. Indeed, God is the potter and we are the clay in His hands. But of course, as we see the children of Israel with so many rebukes and so many advice and encouragement to turn from their wicked ways, they were still stubborn and obstinate, just as we are. And why is this so important to us? Number one, it tells us that God as a porter has power. He reigns above all and he rules over all creation. 
Now, as we have just looked at it, the lesson number one I want us to draw from this is that God is all-powerful. He reigns above all things. And we can find a reference of this in Romans chapter 9, verse 20. Then also, God has a purpose for each one of us. Just as the potter has a purpose for each clay. The third lesson we can also learn from the potter's clay is that we are free to either accept or break his work in us. You see, when the Lord used Jeremiah to talk to the children of Israel, in Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 6, as I read earlier, the Lord was saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The Lord can mold us into whatever fashion he wants us to. But he would not force us. He has left that power of choice unto us and we need to choose who we want the Lord to make us to be. Then the final lesson is that God's purpose for this world will be fulfilled if we accept to be his or not. As clay in a potter's hand, the Lord has so many things he wants us to be. But just as we read in Jeremiah chapter 18, if the people whom the Lord has decided to destroy, turns from their wicked ways, the Lord has promised to offer them a pardon. He will forgive them and form them to be useful. But if they, on the other hand, reject the message of God and continue in their wickedness, the Lord will destroy them. So basically, the potter's clay is teaching us about God's sovereignty. He has absolute power and authority that he can do whatever he plans to do. Just as the potter plans what he wants to use his clay for and has power to mold it into whatever shape he wants it to do. Amen. Indeed, may the good Lord bless us and keep us as we go through his lesson. The potter's clay is what we're looking at, and I believe we have learned a lot from it. At this point, our pastor will give us his last words. I would like to say my final words by asking you this question. How can you learn to trust in the lesson of the porter and the clay, regardless of present circumstances? You see, our circumstances, just like that of Jeremiah, would be so devastating that we may lose confidence and even trust in what the Lord wants us to do. But we should always have this in mind that the Lord wants our good. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, it's a popular test that most of us like so much. This is what the Bible says. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. This is the thought of God concerning us. And if only we will humble ourselves for God to mold us, he is going to give us an expected end. And we well, at the end, rejoice that we have allowed God to mold us into what he wants us to be. The Lord has good plans for each and every one of us, but we need to humble ourselves so that God can use us for what he wants us to be. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the wonderful lesson of the porter and the clay. You are the porter, we are the clay. And so our prayer is that Lord have thine own way and mold us. Strengthen us to humble ourselves before you so that you can mold us and make us whom 
you want us to be. We pray, inviting you to be with us. Lead us and guide us. Protect us from all influences of the enemy and help us to live by your commands so that at the end of the day we will rejoice because we have been able to live to please our most high God. We want to thank you so much that you will be with us and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The potter's clay is what we looked at, and I believe that we have really learned a great lesson from it. Have a wonderful and pleasant day. any inquiries or contribution you can contact us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or plus two three three two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF595 Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. Relationships will fatally end without a knife or gun. Waiting till you're back behind them, then you put them down. How could you be talking about when they're not Not helping their defense Listening we all should feel Listening is wrong See on the portals He's waiting and watching Watching for Hello, listener. You're welcome to the moment of truth. My name is George Ezel. And today I would like to share with you a message entitled, Let Your Children Be Your Priority. And this message will be based on Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this hour. As we study your word, 
May you please be with us and grant us understanding and insight into this message. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. To get a wife or a husband to marry is one thing in life, and to get a good husband or wife is another. To live with children in a family is one thing, and to live without children or with stubborn children is another. No wonder in the days of old, women were dying in need of children. No wonder Sarah could get frustrated and tell Abraham her husband to lie with Hagar, her maid servant. No wonder Leah could bribe her own sister before she could lie with Jacob, her husband, just for children. Have you ever wondered why Hannah was sorrowful for the fact that she had no child to birth in her marriage? All these were because of the preciousness and the importance of children in the family. Solomon the wise man commands us to train our children in the way they should go, that when they grow up they wouldn't depart from it. The children are our wealth. Solomon tells us to train them because they are our joy. We are to train them because they are our happiness. We are to train them because they are to represent and to present our future and our present. Without them, people see us and insult us. Without them, people see us and they get frustrated. Without them, some marriages are collapsing. Without them, families begin to fear the future. Such is how precious children are to us. Such is how honorable they become to us. And such is how great they sustain our names. But how do we value them? How do you treat them? How do we manage those precious gifts that God has given to us? Visit some family and you will understand what I mean by what I say. How do you precious and how do you value them? While some see it a necessity to give to their children the best they can, others also are interested in the downfall of their own children. While some are giving their children good food to eat, while they are giving them good attire to put on, while they are providing for a good place for them to sleep, and giving them good education. Others, on the other hand, are interested in keeping the children at home so they can send them. They are always happy in seeing their children walk around the street to beg for money and bring it to the family. They are always interested in engaging the children in immorality just because they want to sustain the family. Some children are afraid of their moms and their dads just because of the way they speak to them. We are quarreling, parents, we are quarreling with some of our own children just because an incident happened in the house and the children stood on behalf of one of us. Just because they decided to stand on the side of the mother because this thing was right on the side of the mother. Just because they thought they should stand on the side of the father. We are at loggerheads with them and we are every now and then quarreling with them. What sort of training are you giving to your child? Is it that which draws him or her closer to God? Is it that which provides them with a bright future? Or is it the one in which they grow up to become thieves and murderers? It is the one in which they grow up and you cannot boast of them. One that when publicly act, they deny their origin. Dear parents and guardians listening to me, dear brothers and sisters, if the children mean a lot to us, then let us do our best to provide for them. 
Whatever toil and labor we go through, it might be because of them. Remember that if your children had dejected you, you wouldn't have been who you are. If your uncle or your auntie had not taken care of your education, you wouldn't have been where you are. The children are precious to us. In as much as we want to recognize them in our family, in as much as we value our children and wish they become like us, let us train them in a God-fearing matter. Let us help them so they can also help us in the future. We might be the most rascal. They might be the most notorious persons we've ever known. Yet, value them because you do not know what they can be for us in the future. It is about time you spend time to talk to your children. It is about time you let them know that Christ has died for them. It's about time you let them understand that everything that you are doing on this earth, you are doing it all because of them. Had they not been around, you wouldn't have been wasting much time to go to work and do whatsoever you have been doing. Teach them because they will grow to live by them. Guess what? If they were your last penny or they were your last water to drink on this earth, how would you have valued them? The children are crying for good mothers and fathers. They are saying that they need parents who can be boasted of. They need people who they can trust. It is not too late, my brethren. It is not too late, mothers and fathers. God, I present him to you because he can help you. God is the one who can change the life of the family. God is the one who can train up the children. All that you need to do is to rest on him. He has done it for many. He has done it for many families. He has done it for many offsprings. And he is going to do it for you. Will you let him be your guide? Will you let him come into this family to train the children so the children can ever boost of you? Give him this chance and I believe he will change your children for you. Shall we pray? Gracious Lord, as your children have come to know and to understand that your children are precious in the family. I pray in the worthy name of Jesus that you will please help these children that we are growing, that we are nurturing, so they can become great like us. We can only do that if we invite you into our family. Therefore, we invite you into our family. Please be in our family and change the minds and heart of the children towards us. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or plus two three three two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five. Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. 
Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now.